Welcome to No Compromise, where faith and reason fuse in conversation. Hello, Johnny. Hello, my love. Hello, everyone. So, John, this week you posted your David C. Smalley interview for the Christian Atheist. Um, you posted the first half. Right. And you plan to post the second half next week. Next week. Yeah. Um, and there were some things you wanted to discuss about that interview this week for right. No Compromise. Right. I thought uh, it would be worthwhile spending a little time actually saying the things that David never let me say. <laughs> <laughs> and also because um, the listeners to that podcast were contacting you. Right. We've had a lot of a lot of response yeah, from that. Yeah. Yep. And there's some points that kept coming up over and over with both David Smalley, you felt, and others like your friend Jeff. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that you that you think you want to discuss. Okay, so we're gonna use this episode and the next episode of No Compromise to discuss these points. Right. All right. So the first point is what you call the rigid order of inquiry. Well, how about how about if you tell us what is the rigid order of inquiry? This is something I actually take from my dissertation work mm -hmm. on Jean-Paul Sartre. So actually, right before we went on here, I pulled my dissertation. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is the title of my dissertation, Sartre's, and I have to read it because it's been a long time. <laughs> I wrote this back in the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. It was I finally finished it in 2004. And yeah. So it's called Sartre's Phenomenological Ontology and the German Idealist Tradition. Sounds like a... Sounds like a fun read. <laughs> it's a thriller. <laughs> I've had I've had some people read it, and I've read it to you. What did mm -hmm. you think? It was exactly like the title says. <laughs> so, if you're not a technical philosopher, yeah. I would imagine that most people would struggle quite a bit with it. It is deep stuff, and those of you who listen regularly to the Christian atheists. Yeah. <laughs> would probably find that its themes mm -hmm. are reflected really powerfully in the Christian atheist. Yeah. And, and so and it's funny because you were an atheist at I the time was of an writing atheist that. at the time of writing yeah. it. And actually the writing of my dissertation, when I look back yeah. on my journey from atheism back to Christ, so much of my research powerfully brings me back to Christ. Yep. I mean I, I see the foundations very clearly laid in it. On you'd my thinking. To, you'd have to write a new preface to that. Uh, yes, I would have to write a new mm -hmm. preface. That's and true. And you're thinking about publishing it. I think it as might be worthwhile, yeah. especially if things take off and people sort of take an interest in how I've come to reason about mm -hmm. so many of these things. Because what I was going to say when I picked up my dissertation yeah. was in looking back, I realized how profoundly it has affected me in my Christian walk mm -hmm. and in coming back to Christ. It's like it's all in incipient form right there in my dissertation. Right. And so one of the things in the dissertation, as I was studying for, for years, uh, the works of Jean-Paul Sartre, which I guess I might as well say, since most people aren't philosophers, Jean-Paul Sartre was a very famous 20th century existentialist. Mm -hmm. And he wrote Being in Nothingness, his major philosophical work in 1943. It came out in the middle of World War II. So it is a long book, almost a thousand pages, yeah. and I've read it so meticulously mm -hmm. in preparation that I became, wow, deeply influenced by Sartre. And he was, and I am assuming died, uh, an atheist. Yeah. And so it seemed very logical for me to study him, understand him, and uh, you know, agree with him on so many things. 
And yet, he probably, in terms of philosophical influences, was one of the most important figures leading me back to Christ. Right. So maybe in future episodes, we could explore that. Mm -hmm. That might be That fun. would be good. But, but, okay, so the rigid order of inquiry. Right, so getting back to your <laughs> actual question, instead of running at the mouth like I usually yeah, do. You don't. The rigid order of inquiry is one of the things that I discovered in studying Sartre that impressed me. Because Sartre actually makes a case, a methodological case, that things need to be taken in the proper order if you're going to try to come to the proper conclusions. And so there is a rigid order of inquiry when you're adopting a philosophical understanding of the world. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to deal with today, that rigid order of inquiry, because right. I think right. when I talk with atheists over and over again, I think they constantly try to short circuit mm -hmm. that proper order of inquiry. Yeah, because David, David Smalley, he kind of ran off on a tangent before he even initially answered the question. Which question was that? Is there a God? Oh, right. And that would be the starting point. Right. So the, the starting point, and those of you who have listened to us extensively know that one of the points that I make about our current world is mm -hmm. that the philosophy of Hegel has been largely adopted almost unconsciously by our culture. Mm -hmm. And one of the fundamental issues in Hegel is the denial of transcendence. Yeah. The idea that there is nothing beyond the world in which we live. That's all there is. Yeah. Yeah. It's the philosophy of imminence. And it has become something that has been accepted uncritically by most people in our world. And that's why I say we live in a world, the Western world in mm -hmm. particular right now, that has unconsciously turned its back on the notion of transcendence and right. uncritically, because most of the world, most of the history of the world was not there. It is built into our psyches, mm -hmm. and this I take also from Sartre, it is built into the human psyche, the notion that there is a, a being beyond, that the world in which we live points us outside of itself. Mm-hmm. Now, Sartre said it points us outside of ourselves uselessly because he says that being is impossible, Yeah, which yeah. is why he was an atheist. And that was, for me, one of the things that I found fascinating about Sartre because I wanted to understand my own atheism. I wanted to justify my atheism. And in studying Sartre, I came to understand yeah. that he was wrong on that particular point. Mm -hmm. And that helped me a lot yeah. to understand the nature of the world around me. But okay, so the rigid so order of going back to Sorry. <laughs> going back to David's your, your David Smalley interview, we said that he ran off on a tangent, you know, before answering the question, is there a God? And so you couldn't move forward in the discussion. Technically you couldn't, right. you did. Well, you kind of moved forward. I mean, you weren't given much time <laughs> to answer questions yeah. with him, but yeah. yes, David is loquacious. Yeah. <laughs> you like it when I use words like that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now we have to define loquacious. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. How, how would you resolve this? So, let me pick it up here, uh -huh. and then if, if you want to direct me in another direction, we can do that. The reason I say that we're violating the rigid order of inquiry yeah. is that David asked me a question like, well, how do you get from there to a Jew flying up into the sky? Right? And so this is the question of miracles. Mm -hmm. And if your starting place is the supernatural doesn't exist, yeah. you're never going to get to miracles. Right. Yeah. 
And so you have to be at least willing to be open to the possibility of there being a supernatural in order in order to even weigh the evidence mm-hmm. properly. Right. Because if you're starting out with the presupposition that that's not possible, then you're never going to get to the resurrection of Jesus. Mm-hmm. The, the even the small miracle like turning water what the small is there any such thing as a small miracle? Yeah. <laughs> but but turning water into wine, mm-hmm. right? Even that you're you're never going to get there. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not going to start at the proper place and keep yourself open to what I call the evident, mm-hmm. the things that need to be explained, to actually look at it without prejudice, look at what is being presented, look at it fairly squarely and say, okay, now this is what needs to be explained. Mm-hmm. Not just explained away, right. but explained. And you have to start there. Right. Because if you're starting with, there is no God, you'll never get to Christianity. Right. You never get to theism. Right. And so if you're excluding it, you're taking it off the table when you start, you're never going to get it back on the table. And that's where we're starting so often. Mm -hmm. And they say, oh, you need to give me the evidence. What evidence? You've already excluded the possibility of any evidence for me to present. Yeah. So the rigid order of inquiry forces you to make a determination of God. (sighs) It, It does force you at some level to start at that question. Right. And at least keep it open as a possibility. Mm -hmm. And I think too often they will say that they're open, but they're not Mm -hmm. because any evidence you present is evidence that can be explained away. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're not really giving any credibility to the evidence at all. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So yeah, you have to at least be open. Now I think something else happens at the base, what I call fundamental faith. Yeah. You either are looking at the world in such a way as to say, look, this world is presented to me through my senses and my rational faculties in a way that it can actually help me understand and grasp the truth. Right. And you can approach that from the atheist perspective or the Christian perspective if you have that viewpoint. That is the fundamental viewpoint mm-hmm. of the West. Where I think everything falls apart for the atheist. Yeah is that they have no ground for that belief. Right. They turn away from any ideal. Right. They turn away from any ideal because then they are... Everything turns to mush. And reason becomes something that is just an evolved mechanism. And there is no good reason to accept that it finds truth. Right. And determining there's a God is a rational starting point for everything else, right? It it certainly anchors things in a different way Mm -hmm. than the atheist does. And that's why I call, we've we've talked about this before too, what I call the problem of value is the atheist's problem Problem. that is analogous to the problem of evil Mm -hmm. for for, the Christian Christian or theist. Yeah, we said that in our last couple of discussions on the the Lewis essays. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so going back to the interview, John, the first part of the interview was what led away from God, right? What what led you away from God? Oh yeah, yep. We spent quite a quite a bit of time going through that. Yeah, and uh, we had a lot of common ground. Yeah, you and, did. You know, he made that point too that a lot of the atheists seem to follow mm-hmm. that same track. So yeah, yeah. Okay, so don't you think his questions predicated on there is no God? I I think that there is an assumption that because we can explain away any evidence that is given, then there must be no God. And I think 
this this gets us to the problem that, that I continually run into with atheists: the problem of claiming that they're agnostic mm-hmm. and that they're atheist. And an atheist makes the stand, and I, they get so mad at me when I say this. Mm-hmm. But why would you call yourself an atheist right. if you're not standing on the fact that there's no God? Right. So either you're saying that. Or you're lying to yourself when you retreat back and say, oh, but see, I I don't have to have any evidence for my position. Mm -hmm. I just say there is no God, but I can't prove that. Mm -hmm. I don't have to. Christians have been trying Mm -hmm. mightily to resolve the problem of good and evil. Mm -hmm. We've tried to present all sorts of arguments for the existence of God. Admittedly, they're not perfect, but We've done something to try to make the case. And to to Richard Dawkins' honor, Mm -hmm. I guess, he's actually made an argument for atheism. Yeah. That's, I think, pretty bad, but it's it's an argument. Mm -hmm. At least he's actually standing for it. Mm -hmm. But most atheists that I encounter do this little song and dance where they just say, oh, no, you've got to prove it. Mm -hmm. I have no burden. Because mm-hmm. I'm not making any claims. Right. Well, then you're right. not an atheist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you say there is no God. That's atheism. Right. Don't retreat back then. Stand mm-hmm. on that. Right. Follow the logic. Right. And that's what I did mm-hmm. in my atheism. It's like I got to a point, I was an agnostic. After I left Bible college, I lost my faith and I was an agnostic. I had no faith for God, against God. But then I said, boy. And I did this, of course, because of C.S. Lewis mm-hmm. and the, the wood between the world. I said, that's a, a cowardly stance. Mm-hmm. Take a stand. So I said, okay, I'm going to be an atheist. There is no God. Yeah. And I'm going to see where that takes Please. me. Mm-hmm. And it took me right back to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Atheism is a parasitical position Yeah, because it is the antithesis of a thesis. It's denying a proposition. Mm-hmm. And you have to support a denial just like you have to support a thesis. Right. So, um, again, you're forced back to that choice thing. Mm-hmm. Take a stand. Mm-hmm. See where the logic leads you. Right. And so, if there is a God, then all else will fit into that framework. Right. That's mm-hmm. the idea. I mean, so, because we have such partial yeah. knowledge, the best we can do as human beings is to see how the pieces fit together and test it, just as science does. Mm -hmm. It puts forth a theory, and then it sees whether or not by testing it, that theory holds up. Well, millions of Christians throughout history have lived this theory and have gone to their deaths saying, yep, Mm -hmm. that's that's the truth. And then I get someone like, as you said, my friend Jeff, (laughs) saying, (laughs) all you do is assert that. What evidence do you have for that? Well, because I've lived it, and I'm telling you, unlike most atheists, I'm telling you this is my faith position, Mm -hmm. and here's why I think it's true, and I try to live by that, and all the evidence that I have by living it Mm -hmm. actually ends up supporting it. Yeah, like even your Old Testament issues, your issues with the, they fit into it. And And, and I, you know, still struggle Mm -hmm. with a lot of those things when atheists bring things up and say, well, is is God really loving if he does this? I said, yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's a, that's a hard one to resolve. Yeah. I I don't have all the answers to all that. We're limited and there's always going to be unanswerable questions, no matter what stand you take. Exactly right. Yeah. And there are for the atheists too. Yes, exactly. Yep. So that takes us back to what you always say is fundamental faith. 
right? That the world is good. That the world, you start with the idea mm-hmm. that the world is good and that God our senses, good. God is good. Um, or the world is a mess. Uh, or or the opposite, right? Yeah, that, yeah. And then you can't trust anything. But only one of those gives us human rationality, right? That we can trust. Exactly right. And And that, for me, was one of the fundamental pivot points yeah. on which the return to faith rested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know me, I love the humanities. I love poetry. I love literature. I love great musicals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love music. I love you. And I guess that's actually a pretty important part of it too. Mm-hmm. But all of those things that I love, science, are only properly grounded with some notion of a transcendent truth. And if there is a transcendent truth, then we need to search for that truth. And the best answer I've come to, as I said in our Through the Looking Glass series, what did I find on the other side after this odyssey Mm -hmm. through through atheism back to faith? What I found on the other side of the looking glass was a person. Mm -hmm. And it verified to me all that I'd been studying in philosophy previously, that there is no such thing as truth without the subject who is holding that truth. As Sartre says in Being in Nothingness, you can't separate those two. It's a whole unit. kind of goes back to Bishop Barclay, Mm -hmm. the idea that to be is to be perceived. So there is that element of idealism in it, but it is God who is the one who is truth himself. It Mm -hmm. all boils down. And that's the only place that I could actually find the answer. And the answer is a mystery. Mm -hmm. But at least there's an answer that allows us to say, aha, I can trust my reason. I can trust my senses. I can believe in science. And I've got good rational basis to do so. Chesterton talks about the mystery, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. I love that quote by Chesterton. I don't have it. Okay. Handy, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're, we're supposed to be talking about the rigid order of inquiry. <laughs> <Right>. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so the first order is whether or not it is rational to believe in a God, right? Right. That's yeah. and, and that is really what we've been trying to do mm-hmm. in the Christian atheist. Yeah. The whole thing is, is saying, look, I'm not telling you, you have to believe in God. No. I'm saying this is a rational position. <laughs> some people, some of your listeners think you are telling them they have to. Yeah. No, it's just like, <laughs> I, you know, I can't compel you to yeah. faith. And, and this is actually one of the things that I run across all the time. Mm-hmm. The idea that they say to me, oh, I can't, I can't just choose to believe. Mm-hmm. And there's something real to that. Mm-hmm. Because you remember when I talked about coming back to Christ. I said, in the last couple of years, Christians would approach me yeah. and say, you know, give me their views and hand me Lee Strobel's book and I would read it. And, and it's like, I've heard all this before. I know the case for both sides mm-hmm. and I, I can't just throw the Christ. switch. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what, what I, I don't, I can't quite explain mm-hmm. that. I, I, I've been trying to get past trying it. Trying to figure but it I've, out. But I found when we read together, C.S. Lewis is surprised by joy mm-hmm. that he encountered that same thing. It's like there was a moment when the possibility opened up yeah. for you. And uh, the looking there, glass opened. Yeah. And, and you <laughs> and get you a chance to through. decide. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't know how to process you can't put that. put it into words. I mean, God tells us all the time that he's there 
ask, seek, and knock, and he's there for us all the time. Mm -hmm. But it seems to me as though there is a, a moment, moment that opens up a possibility right. that wasn't there before. Right. And so I'm sympathetic when atheists tell me that. I can't just choose to believe. Mm-hmm. But there also is an element of choice in belief. Right. Because anytime we do the inductive method, we're saying, okay, here's here's something, let's let's investigate this. And then there's a preponderance of evidence that develops, and you say to yourself, hmm, yeah. seems to me that that's the right answer. Mm-hmm. And then you do one of two things. You either say, eh, maybe, yeah. and then you keep investigating, and that, then you're, at being, you're being agnostic about the question at that mm-hmm. point. But you're really not even being yeah. agnostic about the question at that point because yeah. you're still pursuing it. Yeah. And you have to have faith at some level to continue to pursue it, mm-hmm. e- even to seek to disprove something. So, yeah, I, yeah I don't know how to explain it either because you know. my I came to Christ differently than you, right. but there was that moment, and I can't put it into words either. There was that moment when it was the Charlie Rich moment, Charlie, no, what? no, no, Charlie Duke, Charlie Duke, <laughs> but, Charlie Rich. <laughs> it wasn't the Charlie Duke moment, it was this moment in my mind, okay, you know what I'm saying, okay. after. After Charlie, Charlie Duke. Duke and his wife, <laughs> Charlie and Dottie Duke. Charlie and Dottie Duke. After their story, but yes. there was a moment, you know, like you said, I can't yeah. put it into words. It's it's a weird thing to think about. It's like supernatural, huh? Yeah. Well, Maybe. and that I don't see, know. But that's another but one that's of the not, things yeah. that to me is evidence yeah. how true the Bible is mm-hmm. because he makes it clear that even our pursuit of God yeah. is God given. Right. Right. And so, you know, you say, we say we're, we have free will. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. Me too. In yeah. the depth of my being. And so that's one of those paradoxes. Yeah. So we are both free and not free. Exactly. And exactly how we process that, I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. And that's one of those unanswerable questions. That's one of those unanswerable <laughs> questions, yes. Okay. In the interview, what, one of the funny things is that you you agreed with him on all things that led him away. Yep. You know, yep. But the difference was that you came back, right? You were like everything you're saying, David, is what I think. And David was like, "How can you, you know, find Christ and and, and find it rational?" Right. So we agreed mm-hmm. on the things that take us away from belief mm-hmm. in in Christ and Christianity. Right, right, right. And I actually said to him, and I believe it in my heart too. Mm-hmm. Although I guess the evidence for it as actually happening too often is is rare. Mm-hmm. But I, it seems to me that atheism would be a very clear path to Christ. Yeah. If you're seeking the truth. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. And, and that may and that, be the issue. Yeah. And here, John, I think for you, it wasn't that you found God rational. It was more that you found atheism to have the same rational problems as Christianity. That's but, exactly right. I mean, we talked about this just a little while ago, but it yes. failed to answer the problems of human existence, right. with, which Christianity does answer. Right. So there there was an emptiness mm-hmm. when I followed the logic mm-hmm. of atheism to its core. And right. I could do that because I stopped pretending to myself that that I could, you know, be an agnostic atheist. Um, actually, I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 I followed it because I really believed that was the yeah, answer. And you, I mean, you-, you I tried would, to live it. Yeah. You would say atheism is rational- even now, I still think hy- you said maybe hyper rational. Yeah, maybe hyper rational. But, but it's just inadequate to address. It's human inadequate e- human to address existence. the evidence. Yeah, what exists around us, 
the reality of human beings. And, and Sartre, what does he say? He says, God haunts our consciousness. God haunts our consciousness, yeah. yes. At the end of being in nothingness, and I remember as an atheist reading over those passages again and again and again, thinking how right he was, yeah. and yet his point when he gets to the end of it is say, this being haunts our consciousness, yeah. but it is an impossible being, yeah. and therefore I don't believe. Right. But later than being in nothingness, Sartre made it clear that he understood his atheism mm -hmm. to be a metaphysical position. That is a belief. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you keep trying to get across with the Christian. And that's what, they, <laughs> that's what they constantly try to deny. Mm -hmm. And I would love to be sympathetic with them on that point. But if you but follow you the logic, I get stuck with right. it. And that's right. what it was one of the most fundamental things that helped me turn back. Mm -hmm. When I found that Sartre himself understood atheism as a form of faith. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So going back to the, that you still think atheism is rational. Yep. Um, it's just that we are forced as humans to understand where we're from. Right. You know, we want to. We want to know where we're from, why right. we're here, and it, it needs an explanation. And and that and and it can be explained away right. by atheists, but it doesn't. You know, it, it doesn't go away. Yes, our human existence yeah. is a rational existence, mm -hmm. but it's not just a rational existence. Because we encounter that which is contingent. I'm so I'm using Sartrean language here. Okay. But we encounter being, reality. And that sets bounds for us and to us. And those boundaries are things that come from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And that's the fundamental question of metaphysics and philosophy. Why is there something rather than nothing? Something that's and, frustrated you? And that something has to be... It has to be something. Mm -hmm. And if that is not founded, if there's no, as Aristotle would say, there is no unmoved mover as the chain of being, mm -hmm. then our rationality is not founded. Mm -hmm. It's like it's, it's this sort of odd process that evolved, but doesn't take us to anywhere yeah. that is true because truth itself is an ideal mm -hmm. that is merely something subjective and in our minds. Mm -hmm. And so, I, look, as an atheist, I knew all of these things and I still maintained my atheism. Yeah. And until that moment, which you played such a huge part in, when I had the opening once again to make the choice, I mean, maybe, we can, maybe we're overplaying this, I don't no, know. Go ahead. I understood both sides, mm -hmm. but I could not let go of my atheism. Yeah. And so what I continued to do was explain away all of the evidence that Christians gave me. Yeah, that's just psychology. Yeah, that's just so what? That's the way the mind works. Yeah. Um so you can you can decide away everything. And then it comes down to And then it comes down to a choice of value. Right. And for me, the value all lies on God's side. Yeah. Yeah. And, and therefore, I made the choice. Right. I was going to say, and then it comes down to faith. Yep. And it is absolutely, yeah. it comes down to faith. Yeah. Even in science, you have to look at the evidence, see what's showing up, and then inquire, right. you know, what the evidence is showing us. Right. Right. So, right. In, so in, go ahead. And in our series, The Evident Evidence and mm -hmm. Faith, I try to develop all of these things clearly. Yeah. And I do get frustrated when people say they've listened to my series. Mm hmm. And 
they ask questions that I've answered in at great series. length yeah. and with a, 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 an amazing investment of my life mm-hmm. into trying to formulate properly. You know how much I agonize yeah. over these things. Yeah. And yet they come back and they ask a question that has been clearly answered in my material. And I don't mind answering it again if someone's really honestly yeah. seeking to understand yeah. and I wasn't clear, right? And that certainly yeah. happens. But it is frustrating when all that they're doing is trying to tear down without ever understanding mm-hmm. first. I may be wrong about 90% of the things I say. I don't know. Yeah. This is the position I've taken. This is where I stand. This is my reasoning for standing where I stand. Yeah. And when I've investigated it, I've found no good reason to find it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. If I do, then maybe it's time to revisit the drawing board. But until I do, here I stand. Yeah. yeah. So it goes back to the rigid order of inquiry right. when the, dealing with them. That's exactly right. The rigid <laughs> order of inquiry. And I tell this to my students and It used to be the case that in logic courses and critical thinking courses, we would teach this, but that's all been destroyed by the woke culture and and the Hegelianism that's invaded our academic institutions. But it used to be the case that we taught people first to understand something and then to criticize it. Mm -hmm. But until you've understood the argument and until you've actually gone through the hard work of understanding what's been said, you're not in a position to critique it. And that doesn't mean you have to understand everything because you, you never get there, but you have to at least make a, an attempt yeah, to understand a, what's being said. Right. And then you can offer a counter argument. Right. But don't just say, oh, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. That's wrong. Uh, so I mean, one, it's similar to the scientific method, right? It's, it, um, it, it mirrors you, the scientific yeah, method. In yeah. fact, Christianity yeah. has trained the Western mind mm-hmm. to science. Mm-hmm. Science came about as a result of right. Christianity. There's a, there's and a, I didn't say that. Nietzsche said yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a, an order of things. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that order is established for us. We right. have to stay within its bounds, right. which is why things like choose yeah. your gender yeah. is so ridiculous. Yeah. So um, the atheist who stands on the scientific method or stands on logic, right. they don't want or to look at, to. yeah, yeah. They don't want to go by the rigid order of inquiry right. or look at the evidence right. or consi- you know, consider any of that from the outright. Yep. yep. They dismiss everything right. that you give them right. as not evidence you because know. they've taken it off the table to start. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Okay. So anything else you want to add about the rigid order of inquiry? You could add <laughs> a million things yes. and talk for another couple hours. No. Okay. So next week we're going to talk about the nature of faith right. and anything else you might Okay. You might think of this week. Right. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's it for this week. Don't forget, everyone, to check out the links in the description for anything that we've discussed. Okay. So remember, next week, the Christian Atheist will be the second half of the David C. Smalley interview. Right. And then we'll be discussing the nature of faith. Faith. Yep. And if you're listening to our YouTube channel, uh, we'd love for you to subscribe. Yeah. We mm-hmm. broke 700. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was amazing. Yep. Unfortunately, our watch time has fallen because of the C.S. Lewis right, issue. We still haven't CS resolved that. Yeah. But anyway, I try to keep notifications to a minimum on YouTube. And thank you for joining us and hope you're having a great week. If you have any questions, anything you want to discuss, any episode ideas, leave us a comment. We love to hear from everyone. So my terror 
mm-hmm. at recording this yeah. wasn't justified because I did have plenty to say. Yeah, you always I? have lots to say. <laughs> I always get scared yeah. when it's time to record. But Yeah. And yesterday you had your interview with Tom Jump. And then today, later on today, you have an interview with Ken Chin. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So we have an atheist and a Christian that I'm being interviewed by in the same for, week. For their podcast. Yeah. All right. So as always, if you want to buy us a cup of coffee, you can use the link in the description for that too. And we'll see you all next week. And thanks again for listening. We really appreciate it. We do. And you guys are the reason we're doing this. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we are making a difference for the kingdom of Christ. Exactly. I love you. I love you, Johnny. All right. See you all next week. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.